All right. Three, two. Yeah. Hit the red button. <laughs> well, it was green before, so it could be. The green button <laughs> to start until it turns red. I forget how to do it. <laughs> Here we go from the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors, the podcast hosted by three pastors that dives into faith, relationships, pop culture, ministry, current issues, and a whole lot more. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors. Haven't said that in a long time, so it's actually been 18 months since I said that, and uh, welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here. You can make two babies since last time we've been here. <laughs> well, we had to go there. All right. Yep, that is a scientific fact. So actually, I don't, you couldn't quite. You'd, so welcome to Post-Christian Pastors. I am Mark Helsel, and I am joined today by straight across the table from me, Mike Slim Shady Arnold. He could be the real Slim Shady. Please stand up. Hi, Mike. <laughs> it's good to be here. And no then one's ever called me that before. Slim but, Shady. Okay. I don't know. I'm just coming up. And then, and then over here to my right is John. Don't call it a comeback price. Nice. Little LL. Oh, I should have called you John LL. There you go. Cool yeah. J price. How like you doing, that. John? Good. How are you guys doing? Holy cow. Here we are. It's 18 months later and we're still alive and we've gotten back to this hopefully and and uh so we're john's dro- finally taking his mask off now we yeah. can do this. <laughs> yeah, that's right we've we finally dropped a new <laughs> episode the last time was in march of 2021 do you remember what you were doing in march 20 of 21 i do because i just moved to chippewa so i had moved uh houses so i know what i was doing back then march 20 of 21 yeah, yeah um, you were still in your bunker no bunkers so i I do i do as we start out this podcast and and by the way if you're tuning in for the first time or you've been with us for do you realize we've done this for six years i think we not quite actually uh, not full 2016 yeah but 2016 we have taken a couple hiatuses a couple we have yeah Yeah. (laughs) but we started i'd like to go back and listen to what we said six years ago because the world's kind of shifted that's going to be kind (laughs) of some of the theme that we talk about uh who would have known in 2016 yeah what would happen now and uh we are recording this in september actually one day past september 11th yeah the 21st anniversary of mm-hmm. September 11th. So it'd be September 12th. That would be, yeah. that would be September 12th. I remember where I was on September 11th. Too, you guys oh. all surely yep. remember that. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, Absolutely. Uh, and so that Washington DC, DC, you yeah. were in DC. I was in DC. Yeah. Oh, tell us, you got to tell us that. Tell um, us the, well, I was in DC and, um, we lived, uh, about eight miles as the crow flies, as they say from the Pentagon. Wow. Um, and um, we were both at work that day. I worked for a church. My wife worked for uh, Marriott mm-hmm. uh, International. I hope I can say that on the air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she worked for Marriott. And, that's our um, unofficial sponsor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, she uh, she was at her office. I was at, our, at the church. Um, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, um, you watching the, watching TV? And I'm like, 
uh, no, I'm at work. Um, <laughs> Cause you didn't have TV back no. then on your, like no. on your phone. Yeah, nothing. Exactly. And don't uh, have cable at work. And he's like, uh, a plane just flew into the world trade center. And I was like, Oh, so I grabbed, you know, went into the youth room cause I was a, a youth pastor. Then mm-hmm. went to the youth room and grabbed the TV on the cart, you know? Oh, <laughs> like, you had the cart. That's the cool. Cart. With yeah, the books it. underneath yeah, exactly. of it and the yeah. VCR. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> wheeling it down AV the room. Yep. I'm wheeling it down the hallway to our, uh, conference room, set it up in the conference room. Everybody comes in from the staff of the church. Got the antenna out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we just sat there and watched TV all oh. day about what's going on. And, you know, we had folks who were from our church at the Pentagon. We had, you know, all this wow. going on and wow. not sure what's happening there. You know, my wife worked for Marriott. There's a, there was a, there was a major hotel right between the two towers Mm. And, you know, her, her group that she worked for is communications. So they were running communications as much as they could figure out like what to do and everything. And, you know, you know, we didn't have the kind of connection that we do now. And so neither of us knew kind of what was going on with each other because we didn't really have great uh, communication, but, you know, in terms of like texting and stuff like that. How quick did did it take you to find out she was okay? Um, well, I mean, I, I figured she was okay cause she was in DC at right. you know, Mary headquarters and she knew I was at church. So there wasn't really, but then any, you had the Pentagon. So that was, that was kind of a scary cause we, you know, especially when we realized that there was another plan in the air and it was mm-hmm. likely coming for DC. Right. That was, I think that's when it really got kind of real for us. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. where, what's their target? Where are they going? You know, what, what are they, you know? Um, and you know, as tragic as that was at Shanksville, man, there was a, I think just a collective sigh of relief in the Washington DC area. Like just knowing yeah. that that plane was down. Um, I know we got off on a little tangent here, but, but, uh, mm-hmm. did you ever hear the story of the lady who, it was a lady pilot who flew the jet fighter towards flight 93, oh, like yeah. left mm-hmm. DC. Right. Yeah. I was flying right. towards it. And because we weren't ready for anything like this. She literally left the ground with no weapons, no bullets, no, wow. no, uh, missiles. So, oh, wow. so like, I think the only way she could have took Taking out of this was, plane would be to crash into like the wing or something. Wow. And, and then hopefully eject. Wow. You know, if she could mm-hmm. pull that off. Mm. So like, yeah, it was like a, it's a crazy story. No, uh, I didn't know that. Wow. I've read that story. So if you ever wow. get a chance to read it, well, um, yeah. So like, wow, lots changed since we got back together last mm-hmm. time. And, um, you know, there's kind of one pressing question I have for you guys. There's one thing that's just burning to be answered. Mm. All right. You ready? Are you watching Cobra Kai? <laughs> I have not started the new season yet. <laughs> I have not caught up either. Mike, what season of Cobra Kai are you on? Man, I don't, I can't tell you. I'm way behind. <laughs> like, the young man like f- you're like Mr. Miyagi behind, like you're still in the movies or no, where, where he fell you? off. He fell off like the balcony at school. Oh, you're oh. way you're that season one, or isn't it? Is that season two? two I think two? yes. End of season yeah, two. Yeah, I think so. What, what about you, John? I'm caught up to the most. You're like, not. Recent. You haven't started season five yet. No, I have not started season mm-hmm. five yet. So, um, yes, but I'm all caught up through season four. Know how that ended? Yeah. So don't, if, don't if, spoil I'm it. I'm not going to spoil it. If no. you were a, if you were one of the characters on Cobra Kai, which one would you be? Hmm. I have yelled no mercy at my daughter's volleyball. Game. 
<laughs> so you're part of Cobra Kai. Are you? Are you when like John Kreese? I'm like no mercy. Keep going. Yeah, I want to be Johnny. I do. I do. Oh man, I want to be Johnny. I don't want to be Daniel Larusso. He just rubs no, me the wrong. No. Do good. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, it doesn't help that he's not a good actor. That does not help. Like right. if he was a better actor, it might, right. it I just want to be. I want to be Johnny. They, they showed this. They showed this little part where Johnny was. He decided he was going to drive for like Uber or whatever. Yeah. And he like picks up these two teenage girls, and they're like, "Can you put some Billy Eilish on?" And he's like absolutely <laughs> and he pulls out a cassette tape and puts it in his car and it's billy idol <laughs> <laughs> and i was like this is my guy this, this is my and he keeps getting all these one star reviews because he like he's got beer cans in the back and he's like missing stops and it's perfect it was perfect perfect moment it I, is fascinating the movies and things are going straight to netflix now is it not yeah. Like some of these movies, I'm like, that is actually good enough for the big screen. Why am I getting it for free on Netflix? Yeah. Are you, what mm-hmm. are you guys watching these days? What's, what's, uh, what have you been watching in the last 18 months? You got any shows? Are you got your shows? You know, people talk about you got your shows. I'll give you a good one after you guys go, but I got a good one you should watch. I started watching House of Dragon. House of I Dragon. Mean, okay. Which nice. is a prequel to Game of Thrones. Nice. It's That's okay. Good. It's okay. It's good. Yeah. A couple scenes. Mm, mm, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Questionable. Questionable, but I mean, dragons and. Well, dragons are always cool. They're way yeah. cool. Always cool. Anything that's got dragons in it. I mean, you could have Cobra Kai and a dragon Evil shows stuff, up. You like know? a dragon shows up, you'd be like, this is cool. I could yeah. go with it. I could roll with this. Realize how soft we are when you look at like medieval history <laughs> and watching something during that scene. You're like, man, are we wusses. These people lived to like their. 15 years old. That was a good life. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because people murdered them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like on Legs, a regular basis. Sickness, <laughs> dragons. Right. Yeah. Dragons. Swords. Like, oh, where's John? He's not at school today. Well, a dragon. <laughs> you know how it is. He was walking here with his lunchbox and <laughs> dragon got him. Yeah. What about you, John? You watch anything? You and the yeah. wife? Uh, so uh, we really got into Yellowstone. Um, that's your show. That was, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's again, there's some uh, difficult stuff in it, but um, <laughs> Pastor John certified <laughs> yeah, a no, little depravity. No, there. Uh, I can't make that. I can't make that claim, um, but it, it is. I mean, it's an interest. It's a it's a real I have a, I have a friend who's like a, a family counselor and he's like, holy cow. Like and he teaches at the college. He's like, holy cow. That show is like amazing for like showing family mm-hmm. dysfunction. And yeah, um, so um, but there's always that hope of maybe, maybe, maybe there's going to be some, maybe it'll get better. Maybe. Yeah. So I watched the prequel 1883. Oh, yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I haven't, we haven't watched that yet. The other show that we really got into and really liked, it was kind of fun is, uh, only murders in the building. Oh, I heard uh, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's so funny with, that's a complete opposite I know. Of, of Yellowstone. I know. But it's so, it's such a fun, I mean, it's a you know half hour comedy, mm dramedy kind of thing and it's just kind of i mean um uh oh well, i just blanked on on their names um, uh, oh their it's names, um steve martin, steve martin and, and martin short. short oh my god and the girl is uh bieber's old girlfriend yeah nice. yeah, yeah but but yeah martin short and um and steve martin are i mean they are just i mean they work so well together yeah. and they're just it's hilarious yeah and you know having seen them play like these 70 year old 
guys, like that's who they are, but they're playing like who don't know anything about <laughs> modern culture. Oh, that's right? what it that's, is. That's the whole that's part. Of, that's part of it. That's part of the, it's, it's kind of funny. Are there murders in the building? Is that <laughs> only murders in the building? So the, the first, first season starts out with somebody gets murdered in their uh, in building, their building in New York. Right. And so now they think everybody. And, the, and so here's funny. We're, we're making a podcast. These three individuals, uh, you know, um, Steve Martin and Martin Short and uh, Selena Gomez, they're all fans Absolutely. of the same uh, true crime podcast. Oh, okay. And they find this out through various means. And so this murder happens in their building. Now they feel like they think that they are now like you know, true crime podcasters. And so they start <laughs> making this podcast trying to figure out who murdered. The, the, funny. Yeah, it's actually pretty. What cool, what so. is it with um people watch what's the show Dateline? Oh, yeah. people watch that like religiously. Yeah, I love it. Man. They watch Dateline. <laughs> it, it was like it's always the same. It like is. somebody murders their wife, I love or it. the wife murders the husband, or gets some guy dude to do it, <laughs> and then at the end somebody goes to jail. It's, what was the other one? There's like sixty forty eight hours, sixty minutes. Yeah. And they, they sneak on after a football game and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I wonder what this is about. And then you're like, I'm trapped. I've got to see what's happening. It should be a crime deterrent because if anybody that watched that goes, dude, you're going to get caught. Like, you don't, are. don't kill your wife. Don't kill your husband. You're going to go to jail. Watch Dateline. You, you know, I was though, I was listening to this uh, podcast called Crooked City on Youngstown. They mm. were talking about this, these guys are like back in the 50s and the 40s and the 30s, these bank robbers. And you know how easy it was to rob a bank back in the day? <laughs> no DNA. And these guys are like, there is no DNA. You would just go no in. Cameras, no, no cameras. No cameras. Uh, they had like one wire they had to cut that would call the police on an alarm system. And they figured out how to do that. The top of the vaults were concrete so they're like mm. we would just break through the top of the vaults so you just walk a piece, it. Of cake. Yeah, a piece of cake a piece, a piece of, cake. of cake you just walk in with your tommy gun under your under your uh, big trench coat absolutely just or going after hours money. and just take yeah. it all right. yeah. break it and take it all and if you didn't get caught if someone wasn't walking by right. you did it well besides everybody's watching ted lasso which is oh, like awesome ted lasso ted is great but i want to give you one that every time i tell people to watch it nobody's watched it it's this show called the old man and it's on Hulu okay. or FX, both of yeah, those. Yeah, so I think I've seen the previews for the old Super man. good. Yeah. Super good. Jeff Bridges, who's always amazing. John Lithgow, who's always amazing. And then like a bunch of other people. But, but it's basically about these two uh, CIA agents who were younger. And it takes place, like part of it takes place in the 80s when they were young. And it's played by two different actors playing them. Mm. And then it's like they're old now and they're and all the stuff that they did in Afghanistan in the eighties, like oh, wow. w when the Russians were invading Afghanistan, mm. all the stuff that they did to the Americans did to help support. Like we, we, we uh, gave guns and stuff on all these tribes to mm -hmm. fight the Russians. So it's the all Taliban. Yeah. Yep. The yeah, Taliban. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it's all about, that mm -hmm. stuff coming back to haunt them mm. as their old men. Wow. Yeah. It's super good. And Jeff Bridges look, literally mm. you could watch Jeff Bridges read the phone book. <laughs> like he's, he's so good and so compelling. And uh, yeah, it's Sounds totally. like you got a weird affection for Jeff. I do. <laughs> I don't think I would. Jeff, if you're listening, <laughs> ask me out to dinner. I'll go. <laughs> it's a little too much. Anything different in like, uh, your world going on personally or ministry world, anything like that. 
I mean, I got a kid in college now, so yeah. that happened. One graduate high school. She's off into school, mm-hmm. so that's kind of a shift in our life. Down one kid nice. in the house, a lot quieter. <laughs> Less drama. Less drama. Less females in the house. Yeah, there's still enough drama. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> plenty of <laughs> It's all We're, good. It works less. if there's just one. <laughs> there's and you're at a new drama. church. New church, yeah, now serving a new church, uh, Christ Church of Grove Farm. Maybe you guys have heard of that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. It's a good church, yeah. Yeah, good I've church down the road. So good I got a new position there. I am the uh, assistant to the regional manager. Or <laughs> nice. Or the senior <laughs> associate we did that. Pastor. We did that at the same time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. So, no, love my new role. Good team, good group to work with, and been a great place to land. Cool, Dwight. All right. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> nice. John, you got anything different going on? Well, let's see. I guess in the last 18 months, I'm now... Uh, a football parent, which is kind of a new oh, experience too. Yeah. For so the first time. Yeah. So you liking that? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I'm actually, I am going to be the voice of JV Seneca Valley football. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'll be doing the uh, public address announcing for the home games. <laughs> That is fantastic. Yeah. I'm showing up for that. <laughs> Me too. So I can heckle. So I can heckle you. Saturday morning, how you're gonna show up. I'd be like, that guy, that guy's got it all wrong. It's third down. It's not first down. <laughs> this guy's the most annoying announcing ever. Yeah, I'm trying to decide like if I go like full on, like yes. totally over the top or yes. like <laughs> You're part of the entertainment experience That's for the parents. Exactly. Make sure you It's third down. <laughs> I love it. Renegade, you can do the whole thing. Just start calling it the Heinz Red Zone, too, just for it, because Heinz well, is looking for somewhere to go now. So They need a field somewhere. <laughs> they need a field. She's like, welcome to the Heinz Red Zone. Everybody's like... <laughs> <laughs> he's what? got like a bottle of ketchup he's yeah. pouring out oh that would be awesome you want to go all in just hang out of the booth just going the Heinz Red Zone here we go <laughs> yeah they, they were a little upset about that here in Pittsburgh the <laughs> wow that's different you talk about last 18 it's, months yeah, there's a change a creature yeah Huh? I cannot say it. I keep trying. Acra Sure, I'm not going to call it that. Sponsoring this podcast is Acra Sure Insurance, covering all your needs. No, we could be the Heinz Red Zone. So Heinz, if you're listening, yeah, it's, there you go. We're like, like brought we'll, to you we'll by be, Heinz. We'll be the Heinz Red Zone for sure. I don't like ketchup. Like I don't eat ketchup on anything. Well, Neither do I hate ketchup. So there went that sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> just, just died, but died. Uh, so for me, I, I, this is a weird one. Uh, last 18 months, there's a lot of different things, but you know what one of the cool things is? I got, I'm starting to wear different shoes. Okay. So I'm wearing the Hey Dudes shoes. You ever heard of those? I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> you hey haven't dudes? heard of the Hey Dudes? No. Oh. These old oh. men? Uh, I got to show you. Like real shoes? So these are the most comfortable shoes see. ever. You ever heard of Hey Dudes? I have seen them, but I didn't know that's what they're called. Super cool shoes. Super comfortable. They look like orthotic shoes. (laughs) Well, I am 53. (laughs) They look like old men. (laughs) No, and I was going to say, I was going to say, because I would like literally, I walk around, I walked around all summer, like $4, $4 flip flops (sighs) from Walmart. But my feet, you just get older and the, the feet just start hurting. The corns. No corns. I don't have corns or bunions. No, I'm not that old. Okay. That could be the type two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. No, I just, I just have, I just, the feet start hurting. So these shoes are super comfortable. So I walk in them a couple of miles, you know, a day. 
Glad to hear that, man. Yeah. It sounds like it's working out for you. It's pretty cool. That's one change. Uh, I'm wearing different types <laughs> of shoes. Yeah, I'm up in my shoe game. That's mm. what I've been told. My wife tells me I'm up in the shoe game. So the other thing is my oldest son, he got a job, his first job. So that's kind of cool. What's he doing, man? What's his first job? Well, it's not really his first because he was only the other one for like a couple of weeks. And <laughs> that they never, counts. That they counts, never gave, They never gave him any hours. But oh. where, he, where he's at now is he's working for uh, the Slippery Mermaid restaurant. You ever heard of it? Oh, it's, it's delicious. Slippery. They've got wonderful sushi. Yeah. Man. So the he's a Slippery Mermaid. He's is a he, busser. Is he they, making my, he's not making my rolls, is he? I don't know. No. <laughs> no. I, don't want, so, I don't want him making my rolls. <laughs> no. You an actual you sushi chef, making your rolls don't you like <laughs> they're so delicious he there. so he literally he literally makes like 12 bucks an hour plus tips Ooh. so some nights he comes home with like 40 bucks in tips mm-hmm. and he made 12, 12 bucks an hour i'm like you know what i made as a kid <laughs> 335 that's what i made yeah yeah that was the minimum wage when i was yep. when i was a kid so you could tell the difference you talk about what's changed that's changed. inflation <laughs> man inflation yeah. inflation yeah inflation. there's something there's something that's changed a whole lot like five dollar gas is lots of fun yep yeah yeah i tell my kids like they're like we want to go here and i'm like that's ten dollars <laughs> that's <laughs> the round that old man that's up. the round trip that's the round trip cost ten bucks what dad yeah no that's, that's one thing that's changed in the last 18 months you know i went for, we went from ha- not having any drivers in the family to now we have another driver in the family that that was a big change Ooh, how's that hit on the insurance um let's say it's not <laughs> it's not good <laughs> significant <laughs> My, deal, mike <laughs> knows <laughs> deal especially with that third car that's yep. when it blows up yeah yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You have three cars? No, yeah. I still have two. <laughs> we have we have three. You have three? Yeah. It's good to be a mega. As I was just saying to as I was just saying to to a friend of mine, I was like, you know, when uh when we didn't have dri- driving age kids, you yeah. kind of wonder like, oh, man, I can't believe parents would buy their kid a car. And then you realize it's not for them; it's for you. One hundred percent. That's for right. You. you buy the kid a car, so that yeah, that is true. Like, so that they can they can help get either other kids around, and yeah. you don't have to get them around. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a it's a game changer. Actually, it is. So, did you so did your parents day. buy you a car when you were a kid? No, no, no. My, but I I did have a car given to me. My uh, my aunt and uncle gave me my cousin like. I had two co- older cousins who both used that car and then they gave it to me. So it was like, yes. a, yeah, I got down. use of the, uh, Oldsmobile custom cruiser station wagon mm-hmm. yeah. in big blue. Yeah. Nice. That was the, drive the first that. car I ever bought was an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Mm. They're nice. Those are sweet. 19, vehicles. like 81. Mm. It was a blue bomber, man. It was sweet. I, yeah. We call bench, ours big bench blue. Sheets, bench sheets. I totally wrecked it though. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I had Destroyed a guy wrecking it. to me. I had I had a 1980 uh, Toyota Tercel hatchback. Nice uh, standard. It was black. Man, I loved that car. Yeah. When it when it went when it uh, died, I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the one that was handed down for oh, so cousin sad. to cousin. So me. sad when that car that would costing you nothing <laughs> oh just gosh. dies. Yes. It's like, it's like and that was back in the day when like. Like Toyota's got like forty miles to a gallon, even though nobody mm-hmm. cared back then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. So like, I could literally well, gas was like sixty four cents. Yeah, <laughs> I could f- 
fill my tank for like five bucks and then never put gas in it for like another month. You know? Yeah. You know, when I, when I started ministry, I didn't make hardly any money. Not that that's really changed, but, um, so, but I would, I would, um, I would literally put in $3 of gas. That was my, I didn't want to spend all my money in one place. So I'm like three bucks in gas. Up like five times a week. Yeah. <laughs> but I would try to, I'd try to make that three bucks last as long as I could. And, uh, sometimes it, it, it have you like ever it. run out of gas in the car? Only one time. How about you? One time yeah. my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times? Uh, I did it, uh, twice and it was in that car because the, um, the gas, the gas gauge, gauge stopped working. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I think I've done it two or three times yeah. and mm. it was in a tricky car that it would, It'd be empty with like, it would look like there's a quarter tank left. Yeah, you were yeah. done. You were fried. Yeah. You were done. See if you pushed it to the limit, which I like pushing it to the limit. <laughs> See, you're a limit pusher. Just like Maverick. I like to push it to the limit. You, you think you're Maverick. So this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. That was something that changed in the last 18 months. Yes. We got a new Maverick. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Was really good. But you know, my wife with all the advanced technology and everything, my wife will just, we'll get in the car and we'll be on the turnpike driving, you know, typically here. And she'll be like, Oh, I don't have any gas. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how many miles does it say? Well, two. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> or it's just flashing low fuel, low fuel. And it's like refuel now. Refuel, well, yeah, now. refuel now. It's like, why did we get on the turnpike? Like this is the worst place we could be right now. Yes. We're on the turnpike. Other than the Audubon, this is the worst place we could be. And she's just like, Oh, it's okay. I'm fine. Like, why didn't you put gas in my car? Well, I didn't drive it. So that's why. I didn't. <laughs> so that, another, that's going to turn into a counseling an, session. It's going to be another problem. <laughs> that's why we're going to marriage weekend next weekend. Nice. <laughs> At the Hilton. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Be so nice. I've never cranberry. Been, I don't need more gas in my life. No, no, there's plenty of that. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things have changed in the last 18 months since we did this. And by the That's way, this true. podcast is typically about, hasn't been for the first 27 minutes, <laughs> has not been about what we typically talk about, which is, um, you know, we're just three pastors trying to figure out and live the way that Jesus would have us to live in this culture and how we relate with everything from pop culture to stuff going on in the church to all kinds of things. And uh, here in a moment, we're going to talk about how things have changed in ministry since we started. Okay. Mm -hmm. And like I started in full-time ministry in 1991. So full-time ministry in 1991. (laughs) What year did you start, Mike? 96. 96 and John? 98. 98. So Yeah. yeah. So we've been each doing it for quite a long time. And so we w- thought it'd be fun to talk about uh, how things have changed in the church or how things have changed in the culture uh, since we each started in ministry. So we're going to do that in a moment. All right. So figure out, get in your brain what you want to talk about. And we're going to take a break here for a moment and then we'll be right back here on Post Christian Pastors. See you soon. back here on post-christian pastors and uh wow guys we just uh before we took the break we said um 
we've been we've been pastors for a long time 91 98 and 96 mm-hmm. so that's a lot of a lot of digits been spreading the gospel like a brush fire for years <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a brush fire so i thought we would talk about um what has changed uh e- either for, as being a pastor or just in the church or just general you know christianity kind of stuff how you feel like that's changed since you started so like it was this way but now it's like completely different because you've lived you've been we've all kind of ministered through almost like a generation of people mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah so i mean like that's that's crazy i mean i have youth group kids when i when i started in 1991 who are now like 50 years old their grandparents now yeah yeah it's kind of yeah some of them are grandparents yeah so it's kind of crazy so let's start with uh john what about you what would you what would you say is different from when you started in ministry what's changed in the culture church whatever you want to talk about well i mean i i'm the uh the young guy here the young one i'm the young guy yeah so i mean i you know started full-time ministry right as the turn of the century mm-hmm. right so kind of right 98 going into the 2000s so was the internet when you started wasn't it? y2k was, it? was coming yeah. that was on the horizon yeah yeah i remember we had our little y2k kit just in case you know at the church huh at the church or at your house at our house yeah nice yeah. what was in that kit Oh, just like <laughs> the normal like stuff, you know. Peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter, I think. Water. <laughs> toilet paper. Water, toilet paper. Like it's like your like, you know, box where you like it throw jo- it. John you- cracked this out at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> He's like, yes. Where is that thing? I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> He's like pulling open Y two K. Yeah. It was like one of those is like a yeah, you know, a box where you like throw in your trunk and you drive to wherever. Like I mean, we actually had like That's super cool. Living in DC, we actually had like a like a plan of like evacuation evacuation yeah what the um, heck yeah. where would you have gone to pittsburgh huh? <laughs> like where do you go where are you going to evacuate to well it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like you know they're doing prep work it, it was funny because we had the same evacuation plan for y2k uh and then 9 11 like, we talked about that earlier like like you had to have an evacuation mm-hmm. plan like where do you go like megan and i had this had a plan like okay if something happens you get in the car, we drive here, we meet, you know, an hour, hmm. an hour and a half away from the city or whatever it was, you know, like. Is it the same for the zombie apocalypse? Same thing. Same yep. Thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. We had the same plan for every, yeah. Do you know Please. the government did a zombie apocalypse? Scenario. Scenario. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that? Jeez, no, Can we all meet there yeah. when the Browns win the Super Bowl, please? <laughs> yes. Because it's the same. Let's just meet there. It's, the, the reason they did, I think, is to be fun, but it's kind of the same right. as like some other disaster right so i was like exactly. let's call it the zombie apocalypse right yeah you know, it was fun so i oh man so i mean it was kind of that, that time of life a time of uh our lives was was interesting mm-hmm. right because it was all that new kind of technology kind of starting like you said um you know but we weren't really utilizing it real well we were just kind of it was there it was a kind of in the background mm-hmm. um and now like it that's that's everything like it, like tech like the technology right. that was just coming out then is like just pervasive now in terms of how not only how we survive in culture but even how the church functions right in a lot of ways 
Um, now, now you as starting in 1998, you had like an email and a computer when you started. I did. Like yeah. when I started, like when I moved into my office and my desk, no computer, yep. no email. Um, I can't remember that famous like Today Show clip. You ever seen that where Katie Kirk's like they put up like an email address? She's like, "What's that symbol oh, yeah. with the A with the thing around it?" I'm like, "Katie, you sound really dumb now." Yeah. Like like years later, she's like, "Right, that's what they call an email." It's like I didn't have emails. I didn't write here. I didn't write a high school paper or a college paper on a computer. Mm. I don't think. Wow. I think they were all handwritten. I remember trying to orchestrate like missions trips without the internet. Yeah. Like you would call. call. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like different time zones send letters. Right. And you're like, I hope that my contact is going to be there at the airport. Like you said he was. Right. It was just interesting. I remember like a graphic design was cutting out things from a book and then sticking them on a page, like making a page, like a newsprint and then making copies of it. I remember like the, the uh, youth ministry that I interned with, um, we bit like, we're given like a, a bunch of like a, almost like a grant from like one of the members of the church, like a good chunk of money to do stuff. And mm-hmm. we bought a um, video editing suite. Oh yeah. You know, so we can make that was a big and deal. stuff. And this is old. This is the old school. Like you had to have, you know, the, the video, the cassette in here and the cassette and you'd be yeah. like, yeah, like, I remember that. Yeah. Like, like, back you know, yep. rah, 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 oh, yeah. Rah. yeah that's a huge <laughs> you were ahead of your time with that thing. <laughs> yeah you were way ahead. those are the presbyterians were well, way ahead but, but the crazy thing was like within what i mean that was 98 so within like less than 10 years it was all somebody laptop, somebody all somewhere laptop. is using that thing still <laughs> 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 gotta do a retrospective of the church <laughs> We spent all this money. Uh, I on know. This. We're not getting rid of it. <laughs> Get the microfish out. <laughs> yeah, like uh, remember that thing at the library. You know, so much has changed. I think, guys, like the, the pace, the pace of life is, and maybe it's one of the things that we've experienced. Like it, you know, back when we st- when I started in '96, there was a regular cadence to life, and things just started, you know, intruding with technology. Whether it's emails on your phone or text messages, or the the constant addictive nature of the screens that are in front of us, the constant was pulling us out of what was present, the present moment, mm-hmm. you know. And I wonder if during the pandemic there has been a reset button because that spit that sped up kind of pace of life got to a place where people it was very difficult for them to stay even present through a message, through a sermon, mm-hmm. through, through a service. And so definitely when that pandemic hit, it was like a giant pause button on a lot of activity and caused people kind of to retreat. Now, I still think they feasted on things that were less than healthy for them, or that was just content on screen. Like Tiger King. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> Remember how huge that was? Oh, because yeah. it came out like right before the pandemic. People were like, Tiger King, are you watching Tiger King? You have nothing else to do. Right? Yeah, do you, I, do you understand <laughs> I've been to the place where Tiger King was I? It was in Tampa, Florida, and I was there when those people were there, and no one had been eaten by the tigers yet, or you know, like yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I knew I level. Was there. <laughs> you were there, Joe, Joe Dirt. What was that guy's name? Joe Dirt. Joe Exotic. Or yeah, what was his Joe name? Joe Exotic. Joe, Joe Exotic. 
Has he passed away? Did he pass away? Uh, the, the Tigers didn't eat him. He's still alive, I think. He's in jail or something? He's in jail. Somebody, almost everybody with that's in jail, which goes back to our Dateline thing again. Don't feed someone to the Tigers because you end up, <laughs> sooner or later, you're going to jail. All so, right, yeah, right. I mean, I back in those days, it was just, I mean, you you had less competing for people's attention. Yeah. And now there's just so much competing for their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the pandemic was kind of eye-opening as far as the value of some of the things that was competing for people's attention. Yeah, technology has changed. Like, I, I, we were talking about this before we came on. I, was, I saw this meme the other day that said, um, I saw somebody in Starbucks today sitting by themselves, no phone, no book, no computer, just drinking their coffee. <laughs> like a complete psycho. (laughs) And I was like, that's so perfect. I'm like, that's perfect. Like you're a complete psycho. Like get on a plane. Don't fall asleep. Don't look at your phone. Don't have a computer. Don't just sit there. And people look at you like, what is wrong with that person? Like, how could they be on this four hour flight with nothing? But their thoughts. Yeah, but <laughs> thoughts. He must be in the air, the air marshal. That's yes, like, that must be the air marshal. <laughs> or a terrorist. Or a terrorist. So that guy's got a plan. Uh, whatever it is. It's just, it's, just, it's just so crazy in our culture that that's the, like the norm. That's one big, huge change. Like the norm is, when it comes to technology, is completely different. But I Absolutely. guess you could, now here's the thing about that. Is you could probably say that in every generation. Well, there are new technologies in every generation, for sure. Right. So, like, it's it's not like it's bad. No, but I think, you know, I was listening to another podcast uh, the other day, and they were talking about uh, how, they were talking about TV, right? That was a, you know, transformative. Yeah, it shaped everything. It it was a transformative technology. Um, But for decades... Like the TV shows were created for the like large middle, right? Of like mm-hmm. had to had to had to agree, be agreeable and likable mm-hmm. by a large swath of the American public, yeah. right? Or whatever country you're in, like had yeah. to fit that demographic, right? Right. Um, yep. Now we got like naked and afraid. Oh well, yeah, but and now <laughs> like subsets. Now yeah, there's, there's these like crazy shows that you you, you know you can basically get a show greenlit for a whole season now without really having to like, they know, okay, we, we can market it to this demographic mm-hmm. and we know we'll get at least this share. Right. And that's like, all we need. That's all we need. Right. And so like that technology has even like changed in how right. it's used and how it, how it affects people because before you were like, you were trying to gain almost like a, um, a agreed kind of whatever it was, an agreed moral an agreed, mm-hmm. um, like cultural perspective, all these types of things. Now it's like, it's so segmented, uh, segmented but we, t- we talked about this on an earlier podcast. Like it seemed like back then, even like 20, 30 years ago that there was maybe, maybe it's changed in the nineties it started to change. But before that, there was one culture. It was like one culture and everybody kind of swam in that. But now there's so many fringe cultures and mm-hmm. so many fringe niche things you could be in mm-hmm. that you could live a completely 
segmented life in that culture. Right. And, and it just didn't seem like growing up that that's the way it was. It felt yeah. like everybody kind of like everybody listened to the same right radio stations or whatever, or there were three channels on the TV. So yeah, like, I mean, I think the positive side is that you can explore new things. Like you can find new things mm-hmm, that you couldn't before you could, you can like, you know, learn about different, and it has opened up create creative content. You right. can you can have more artistic people or more creative people involved because, right. like when there were three channels, think about right. that. How many TV shows were there? Absolutely, that you could actually put on the air right. or whatever. But now, look how much content there is because and so there's good and bad. Right, like people can use their gifts to create stuff. Who knows what they're creating? Right. I mean, they could create. Yeah, and I would also say though it has it's hurt for it's hurt creativity as well. You know, we work in an industry right now where um, there are rather than a lot of church planting initiatives, although there is a lot of church planting happening, multi siting is taking over uh, that space in a lot of in a lot of areas where you have rather than new preachers, new pastors, new thinkers sharing their thought on on scriptures we have video um kind of reproductions of what other pastors have have said and so some have large 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 platforms and the other ones it's it's taken a space out of what what could be an, another emerging leader coming in with a with a new thought mm-hmm. or a new take on scripture um or a new ability and so there's there's places where i think it's hurt creativity as well i was at a meeting yeah. i was at a meeting what was it last week or the week before where uh, there was this young pastor who he started an online only church. Mm-hmm. So it's online only church. And the, st- the stuff he was talking about, I'm going, I don't have a clue what you're saying right now, but I'm <laughs> glad you're doing it. And I'm glad you're excited about it. It sounds really cool. I couldn't do it as a 53 year old, but I'm like, I really like he, it was, it was totally geared at the gaming community. Mm-hmm. So there's a niche there thing, almost like you said, sure. like you can gear at a certain group of people. And he's like, everybody from our church is weird. He's like, <laughs> everybody's weird. And he's like, he, but he's like, that's what he, he's got. He's like trying to reach people that are literally sitting in their parents' basement playing video games, you know, all day. Yeah. And so like, yeah, my son's now signed up. No, I'm kidding. He's, <laughs> he doesn't do that anymore. He's not a video gamer anymore. But but um I'm 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 serious. Like it was really cool. It was it was it was a chance to share the gospel with people. You couldn't have done that when I started in nineteen ninety one. We didn't have the internet. Right. Really. I mean, not in any form that right. you that you could do that with. And so how, how did you reach those? Well, I guess there would uh, on their Atari 2600 people, there wasn't <laughs> cartridges are pretty limited playing ET on my 2600, <laughs> the worst video game ever made. That joystick hurt your hand so much. I know. Did you ever see the, did you ever see the documentary on the ET like video game they made? <laughs> no. How ba- Yeah. There's actually a documentary. It was such a bad game. They literally landfilled like hundreds of thousands of them really? like cartridges so they would go away. Oh, really? They literally wow. dumped them in a landfill and people in the documentary go find them oh, in the landfill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, okay, so technology, what, what else? What else is, um, what else do you think has changed in the last, you know, 30 years? What, what's, what's changed in the uh, culture and ministry one of the huge differences is like youth sports. Oh yeah. And just yeah, kind of how level. that's taken over the culture. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's taken over the culture. I think it was time or Newsweek did a big, did a big article on it just about you sports. And this was years ago. So how much mm-hmm. worse is it now? But, but like how much of a money maker it is and how much it, it is taken over. And, and personally, I think it's one of the biggest challenges for churches to deal with because there's so many really difficult things to, to talk about because like you've got kids involved and you've got futures involved as people see it. And you've got like family involved. And then you, you've also got like people reliving their, their, their life through their kids. Like there's so many variables and there's, and I think because you have all those variables, there's so much vulnerability to buy into the whole thing. And yep. it's like, it's hard. It's like, it sucks you in. Like it, it is, it's really hard for people to discern like what is too much and what is healthy. And nobody, it seems is willing to say no, like this, we, we're not doing this. Like, it just seems like everybody's kind of bought into that whole system. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, even, I know you were in that system yeah, I mean, raising, as a pastor. Raising kids through it. I'm a pastor. My daughter went through that whole club volleyball process and landed a Division One full scholarship. So she, we went through that whole journey. And there, there's multiple checkpoints where you go, okay. Yeah. A, you know, are we going to do the next level? And if we do this next level, then what is this? And so I would often have that conversation with my daughter that, you know, this is no longer my parental responsibility. I'm an angel investor in your dream. This is work. <laughs> I have a component to this. You have a responsibility to this. This is turning into work now and you're pursuing it at a different level. And honestly, it turned out to be a, a very good investment financially. When you think about the rising cost of college education right now that are out of control, yep. it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. right. Uh, but that is a far, far minute part of this is a small minority that actually get to that point right. where there is a payout. Many of them have spent tens of thousands of dollars a year yeah. pursuing this, but it's, it's even more than that. It's the stress on a family. Mm-hmm. And then you're traveling on the weekends all the time. It's um, being in different cities. If you have a husband, wife, and multiple kids playing, right. it's the pace of life that you you take on for a period of time. It's not all time, but it's right. a season. But if you're playing multiple club sports, then yes, it continues to move forward. There's good in it though too, and I think that's part of what we need to see. And I think as uh, as pastors, it's it's wise to enter into that because I don't think it's going to change. We have to figure out how to enter it. And I remember the first time standing in a convention center with a hundred nets, watching you know all these girls and families playing. And my wife looked at me and she goes, "Well, how are we going to minister to here? Mm-hmm. How are we going to reach people here? Because this is where they're at on Sunday right now." Mm-hmm. And um, and so seeing it as an opportunity for us to engage in people where relationships come natural, where we can talk about things that matter in life and engaging in it as a mission rather than just seeing it as a distraction is, a, is an important thing to do. But it is certainly a challenge to church in the traditional way that we know it. So let me ask you a question about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you, now you, yours was unique because you were a pastor. So you were still had both, you had a foot in each world. Yeah. In tough. some ways was, um, most people aren't going to do that. Okay. You did it because you professionally, that's what you did too, right? I mean, you were, that's what you were, your professional pastor. So yeah. you had to have two feet. You had one foot in each world. Sure. In some ways. So 
for those people, and it's a lot of people that are going to be in youth sports, whether it's soccer or hockey or wrestling or baseball or football, whatever. Actually, football has been the easiest one. My my son plays football. It's never on Sunday. Correct. You know, like um, baseball, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Will church as we know it ever work for those people? Yeah. I mean, and, I think and, and if it won't or will, if it won't or will, then how do we respond? Like, how do you change to reach those people? Or do you double down and say, look, you guys got to make better decisions because if, if we have to try to always come to you or I'm always trying to bend to your will. I'm not sure we can do that. And and then, so are we willing just to let them just not be discipled? I'm talking about people that would say like, I want to go to church. Church is important to me. I'm not talking about people outside the church right. because I can't, I can't judge yeah, what they do. Sure. Yeah. For, you know, for Christians or followers of Jesus that are in this world, I think it's still their responsibility as parents to engage in the, the Christian education of their kids to make sure that they're provided a place where they can grow. And that's still mm. mom and dad's responsibility. And, and even in the craziest season of volleyball, um, you would have two tournaments, maybe three a month. You still had a week to two to be back at church. There's no excuse not to be at your, your home church and be mm-hmm. engaged. But you made that decision whether or not you re-engage. Now there's tools online services that you can see. Uh, we would often, when we went to another city, find another church to go to and be a guest at another church. And so if we were playing on Sunday morning, Saturday nights, we didn't play Saturday nights. We would go to Saturday evening service or if we were playing Saturday late. But you were the small in, percentage that was doing that. We actually invited other other girls right. and parents to come with us sure. and, and you'd be surprised how many would join. Really? Um, and so, yeah, okay. we wouldn't, we wanted to do that. But that's just teaching your kids that it's a priority even when you right. travel. Uh, it's, it's teaching them that, hey, you know, finding a place to worship is, is something that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I anticipate that my kids are going to live in a busier lifestyle than I live because mm-hmm. technology yeah. is just getting faster. So teaching them that, man, to still take time out and spend time with God, whether it's in corporate worship or personal worship, is still my responsibility as a parent, regardless if your kid's sitting on their phone eight hours a day or playing volleyball eight hours a day. It doesn't matter. They're going to find other things to fill their time. Yeah. What do you think the church should do? How should it change to reach really busy people, whether it's sports or not? the sports thing too, I mean, we see it as a big thing, but that's a small percentage of kids that actually can play at an elite, elite level like that, that's traveling like that. Not all kids are playing mm-hmm. their sport at that level. They're dedicating that amount of time. It is, it is, um, it's an unbalanced lifestyle for this, for this kid and the entire family when you're going on that far of a journey for mm-hmm. that amount of time. Right. And, and realize it's for a season. Like that season's right. done with my oldest daughter. She's gone. Yeah, uh, It's already over for her. And so that helped me understand. I'm like, okay, this is going to be this year. And then we took it every year. We're like, hey, do we mm-hmm. want to do another year? Are right. you dedicated? Am I dedicated? Are we able to do it for another year? Um, we saw that for seasons, you know, for a period of time. Um, as far as the church and reaching them, I think you can lean into it rather than lean out of it. Give uh, resources and, and tools to parents. Stay connected to them. Midweek offerings, that would be something that would be available to them. Sunday evening environments when they're back maybe uh, from a tournament. tournament. I've Keeping always wondered yeah, if Sunday night church would work again. Remember when churches, I grew up in a church that had Sunday morning service and Sunday night service. Sure. 
Well, and I always what, wondered if that would work again. It, it could. One, yeah. my, one of my friends, he pastors a church in uh, San Diego, and their biggest service is a Friday night service. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Friday night, because the weekends are for the beach, man. They go to the beach. <laughs> so, Same here in Western PA. Yeah, yeah right, it's yeah. for yeah. Presque <laughs> The banks of the Monongahela. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Or so just nice. the sandy beaches. I wonder yeah. if it's not so much like club sports or youth sports in general. I wonder, because I mean, listen to you talk, Mike, you know, um, our son plays club soccer. Sure. Um, not quite the level that your uh, daughter was playing club uh, volleyball, but plays club soccer and, um, but he doesn't play. I mean, he plays other sports, but not at that level. Sure. Right. Sure. And what I wonder is if some of our families, some of the culture that we've, that we've developed is not so much like, Hey, being involved in a club sport or whatever is, is too overwhelming because we've actually found it to be manageable. Correct. Um, too. We, it stretches us sometimes. It's, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But we, you know, we're still engaged in our you know, in worship. We're still, you know, like you said, where I see, I think, is that um, a lot of times it becomes not just one club sport. It becomes two or three, or it doesn't become just one travel team. It becomes mm. three or four travel teams. And it's like, you know, and I think that might be where there needs to be, like you said, kind of value, self-evaluation to say, like, look, like, yeah, like, I like sports. I played all kinds of different right. sports, but maybe there are different levels sure. <laughs> where even if your kid's good enough to play at these levels for all of these, maybe right. that's not actually healthy mm-hmm. for your family. Well, isn't it for too, the, if you have multiple kids too? Oh Absolutely. yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so actually, like, yeah. We have four kids in our family. Right. Like that's if everybody was playing, club sports sure i don't know how we would do it right but for for me the the challenge has not been like hey let's not pursue excellence in anything right so you we, we wouldn't apply this to your grades you wouldn't right. say kids don't go after a's that's that, that takes right. too much time and energy you know it's unbalanced life just get a c and be a good christian we would not say that that's actually mm-hmm. kind of false logic when it right. comes to intellect we'd be like push yourself, mm-hmm. develop your mind. And I think the same thing when it comes to sports, be a really good athlete, right. be the best athlete that you can be. Right. But in addition to that, do not lose your faith and compromise your faith. Right. And there's this false kind of equation where people think, well, if you're too good at sports, well, then you must not be growing in your faith. Right. And it doesn't have to be. No. Well, that's a false dichotomy. Right. It, absolutely. So when, if you look at the club sports scene and say that it is the enemy to spiritual growth, I would say, no, that's not a true equation. Uh, we can have, we can produce average athletes that don't practice and are terrible and still don't follow Jesus with right. their whole heart. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so we shouldn't celebrate average as godliness. Right. Uh, and when someone's pursuing excellence, whether it's in the classroom or in the athletic field or in the, in the workplace, right. you can still pursue excellence and mm-hmm. still grow in your relationship with God as well. And so sure. I, I do kind of push back when I see that kind of that Christian culture, uh, I call it the celebration of average, that that is the goal is right. that we should be average in these areas because it's somewhat more godly. I would, I would challenge that yeah, thought. It's going right. to take a lot. It does. It, you got to admit though, that it does take a lot of wisdom to determine when something is 
excellent or where or when something is an idol mm-hmm. i mean isn't that yeah, i mean yeah. when you say like and every in all of our lives right. with everything right like you want to be an excellent preacher or whatever but yeah, for pastors it can become an ministry, idol ministry can become an idol right, for right. us in a second right it's right a, it's and in a constant evaluation of our heart and i just think as parents like kids kids can kids can easily make idols like they just sure they don't they, there's a lack of wisdom there mm-hmm. often yeah. and so as parents it's your job to have enough wisdom to see when this thing has become an idol right or is could become an idol or even talk about it with your kids like this isn't the most important thing this isn't this isn't the end all be all you absolutely know? because uh, on the other side of that equation we can be excellent athletes like you said horrible people Right. <laughs> like we can, we can raise excellent athletes and then they're horrible people. Yeah. My, it doesn't uh, have to be one or the other. Right. It doesn't either way. My right. daughter's first scholarship got pulled back. Um, and so she had another university that she committed to verbal commitment to and full ride. And then when the NCAA and all their wisdom granted an extra year of eligibility to every athlete and played full championship seasons mm-hmm. uh, during yeah. the heart of COVID, they didn't realize, oh, that there was a limited amount of money in the university <laughs> budgets and that was going to impact recruiting somewhere down the line. And so her class was devastated. Yeah, right. uh, and athletes and coaches figured out, hey, we'll just add, we'll give an extra year to my existing athletes that are another year mature. And uh, her coach did that to three athletes, expecting that one would take it. And all three of them said, yeah, we'll stay. We'll stick around for another year. Wow. Even though the two of them, they, they did not have a graduate program that they wanted to pursue. They just wanted to hang out for an extra year oh, of volleyball. The coach told me that. that did not I'm, taking, feeling better. I'm taking classes in, I don't know, zoology <laughs> yeah, exactly. or something. It's I, not I even don't want to grow up, right? <laughs> and... Um, and so that reduced her scholarship from a, like a four year to a one year, and because you still had a limited budget. And right. when that day, it was a tough day for us. It was a tough day to see your kid crying, and you mm-hmm. know something that you saw was uh, really buttoned up. So it's a tough day as a father. You're like, well, I thought this was going to provide for college, right. and now, wow, okay, we got to figure out what's next. And we, I remember that conversation in the backyard, just saying to her, "Honey, uh, sports is something that can help guide you. It's a, it can be a guide." not the guide it can be one of the things that helps guide you but it's a terrible god mm-hmm. if it becomes your thing if, it be, right. if you make it god it will always let you down right. and that's true of anything yep. our work can help guide us our careers the paths that we're on that could be something that guides us through life and relationships can guide us through our next steps in mm-hmm. life but when they become our god that's a real dangerous place in life yeah mm-hmm. i think one of the things that you know COVID hopefully showed us. I think people are still haven't really fully realized it yet, but you know, we need community, Mm -hmm. right? And when other things take away that community in the, in the church, like we were talking about earlier, you can get good content anywhere, right? Oh yeah. I mean, content's so right. easy to you get, get good out. content, but that's the big difference from technology too, right. is the church, your local church for a lot of people used to be the right. place where they came to learn. Right. Like right. they, they that's where you got your spiritual content right. and stuff. Yes. And now you can right. get it anywhere. You can get it anywhere. But what we've lost is the community that is so essential to being a follower of Christ. Right. I mean, that's, we need that community and, you know, and it's, and so there's that, there's that thing that we have to look at and say, okay, you know, you know, 
this is an important, you know, it's, it's as important as anything else in our life, right? Mm-hmm. The, the community of the church, the called out people of God, right? The, mm-hmm. the New Testament, the Ecclesia, right? The, yep. like this, like, it's not just information. By the way, how'd you pronounce that? Ecclesia. I've heard people pronounce that word so many different ways. <laughs> that was I'm a, sure I pronounced it correctly. Ecclesia. Ecclesia. I've heard it. I've heard it. it you say tomato. I said that's the word I hear translated so many different. Anyway, oh, sorry. But I mean, just that whole idea that you know that we are called. We are called by God to himself, but also to a people. I mean, right? it was always in community, right? Right. The people exactly. of Israel, the right. 12 disciples, right. uh, the church. It's never been just an individual journey. It's right. always been a journey that requires us to be in relationship with others. Right. And I think there's so much, there's a richness there and there's a cost. Oh yeah. I mean, it costs mm. a lot. Yep. Yep. And the, but, see, that's what I say to yeah. my, I say the, to the, we just had a big meeting here last night and I always say this to my people is just like, my people, I don't know, my people, I'm sorry. My mm, people. The people. God's people. people. God's people. Our people here at the river. I say, I say like, look, it's most of it is just showing up for each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just your presence. Like you don't understand how much your presence means. Like you're a young family, you show up. And on that Sunday, another young family shows up and they're like, Oh, there's another young family mm-hmm. here. There's, a lot of young families here, or there's other kids here. It's just showing up. Most of it's just presence. And that's what I think, but that's what I'm afraid we're losing. Mm. Cause it's like, it's like you have to just, I mean like learning for one thing, technology, one of the downsides of it is it takes people's presence away from, that was the bad thing about online church, right? It, it takes your presence away from Correct. others. Right. And so like, that's what I'm afraid we're going to lose. You know, like, I, I just feel like when I, I could just say when I started in ministry in 1991 full time, is it just seemed like people showed up for each other. They were just there, you know, they were, they were showing up, they were there, they were, they were part of each other's lives. You know, they just, that's what they did. Yep. And you and like you would get kids out like I was a youth pastor, so we would get kids out three times a week because they were showing up for each other. Yeah. They were coming to Bible study, they were coming to youth group, they were coming to you know something else special event we had. It wasn't like oh I can't make it in six months I'll be back. Right? You know, like yeah. it was yeah. just like they understood like showing up for each mm-hmm. other was important. You could count on seeing people in church almost every Sunday. Like yeah. you, you knew when you showed up to church on Sunday, you walked in the door, those people would be there. Yeah. And the sadness is that people are missing out on that. Right. right? right. And uh, there's a guy, Daniel in our church right now who, who he passed away tragically of a heart attack mm. last week. Very sudden. Two weeks ago, sitting in church. Oh man. And it was new, probably six months into our church. And his wife was, share with me she's like i've been trying to get him engaged in a church for years and she's like he finally decided to come and check out your church and started coming in and and we developed a relationship with him over the last six months that didn't exist before and we're totally able to help that family now in a way that we never would have been able to help them and and Mm -hmm. they're connected into a support right now in a horrible time right a a time that you don't want to ever experience but that's part of the richness and and they put in the time they were strange uh in this way that they would come we have two different services they would come to two services a sunday i remember asking like why are you it was sitting the exact same pew for both services (laughs) 
and they're like, we need to hear it twice. Oh, wow. Mm. They're like, we mm. just need to hear it twice. And I'm like, great. And so they would sit there and just take notes and, and listen and eat it up. And, wow. um, mm. you know, he's in eternity right now. Yeah. And, um, she is support now that she wouldn't have had if she didn't, she didn't make that investment. I yeah. think, I think it is important to say too, though, you know, like some of this stuff, I think in our, I think in our culture now, which is interesting, I think it's a, been a shift is that a lot of times people are looking for a way out of stuff. And maybe that's part of what COVID, you know, did like I always, they always say you have that excuse. Like it's always this Right. You for months I'm, or I'm year, not comfortable with this. Yeah. For years I had it or, you know, a couple of years <laughs> I had a, the eternal excuse. Oh, I got COVID or, or I don't want to be around COVID or, you know, like, but I think like, I think it's important to tell our people too, though, like there's some of this, you, you can't get around. This is just right. what you have to do as a, as a follower of Jesus. Like you have to accept certain things about it that you're not going to get around. Like you can try to do all this, spiritual gymnastics to try to get around it. But like God calls you to be in community with other believers. Yeah. Like there's no way around that. And the right. call to follow Jesus is not a convenient one. sometimes, <laughs> right. 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 It like, wasn't for Peter. It isn't for, for us. And there's times right. where he calls us the places that are not the most comfortable, convenient position for me, but yeah, are was, often rich on the other side. It was great. Like last night I had this lady at the end of the thing. She came up to me and they haven't been around much, her and her husband. And she said, I really need to step it up. Mm. And she said, I'm an introvert. It's not easy for me. Mm. Like you, you're an extrovert. It's easy for you. But she said, but I can't use that as an excuse. Like I have to, I have to. And I, I just said to her again, I said to her, like you, half of it's just showing up for each other. You might not mm -hmm. say a whole lot or you might not, but you're sitting next to somebody who's feeling the exact same way, you know, and the, the fact that you're there means a lot. Yeah. So I, had, I, I had someone in my church, you're saying about an introvert made me think about this, like COVID hit and they were sharing with me, you know, we're like, it was great. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't have to dream. Did my wife to, go to your church? Yeah. I didn't have to see anybody or engage with anybody for months. Oh, I have people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they said, and then I realized how, like, like how unfortunate that was that I felt that way. Like, like, and he, you know, they're not changing who they are. Like, and they're an introvert. They're not going to, but they realized like, this actually isn't healthy. <laughs> like I actually need people as much as it weirds me out. <laughs> as yeah, much as and like. The, and the other side of that, John, is that people need them. And exactly, so it's very right. self-focused to go, oh, <laughs> right. this is so much more convenient for me to be sitting right. in my pajamas and watching you on TV. Right. What about the person that needs you? Did you say right? MTV? <laughs> no, nope. watching it. Oh, I, I thought you said MTV. It did sound like, but I, I'm I'm like where are you? That'd be like, sweet. What are you doing on the weekend? <laughs> Does MTV still exist? <laughs> are you like shut your door and go, it's 1986? <laughs> 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 no, the, uh, so the, I mean, there's a whole other equation is what you can contribute to, right. not what you receive on yep. Sunday morning. It's we get something out of giving our lives away. Jesus tells us that to, right. to give our lives away. And um, it's it's not just, hey, what do I receive and what's more convenient for me? It's mm -hmm. it's what opportunity do I have to give to someone else? And you miss out on that completely if you don't engage. Absolutely. And the kingdom of God is not just full of extroverts. Right. 
I'm yeah. introverted I'm way more than you'd ever imagine. Okay. <laughs> I know, John, I imagine you're a little bit more introverted. Mm-hmm. A little bit. No, though you would never know it. Yeah. Could you, yeah. Could you um, imagine if it was just the kingdom of extroverts? <laughs> I wouldn't even, I'm an extrovert. I wouldn't yeah. even like that. I'm like, right. dude, you're talking. I should be talking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. It's like if you're an extrovert, you're like, dude, shut up. <laughs> I just need to go in my basement sometimes <laughs> and turn yeah. off the lights. And yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> watch a movie. It's all yeah. good. Well, I mean, obviously this, you're watching MTV. Like the bangles. <laughs> what was Walk that like show? an Egyptian? There was a couple like big a, shows back in the 80s in MTV. I was trying to recall one. The Real World? <laughs> the Real World. <laughs> That'd be one of them. Yo MTV. I was more Yo MTV raps. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cribs. Yeah. Cribs. <laughs> Are you watching Cribs still? <laughs> There's some sweet cribs. You're like, you're on your YouTube app <laughs> on your on your TV watching old MTV. My There's dude. a that's what that church is trying to reach. They're you. The online church, they're trying to reach you. They're like, I don't want to check them out. Let's reach, let's reach the guy that's watching MTV reruns from 1989. I don't even know what that is, Mark. I, come to think of it, I should start that church. There you go. I would actually enjoy that. <laughs> I should start an 80s church. An 80s church. That would be great. Oh, man. Dude, I, I think I just thought of something. <laughs> Go move to Hollywood, Florida. That'd be <laughs> perfect. All your people are down there, man. Living in the eighties still. And you I'm get totally, all the and you get totally. all the like new generations who's into Stranger Things. That, that, yeah. that you were like so yeah. cool. This yeah. is spur. Like all my kids know eighties music. Like they're they're listening to Kate Bush from Stranger Things now, and they're like they're like this song's so cool. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like you guys. There, and then they, they, you know what's really irritating is when my kids, my daughter especially, who likes TikTok, she'll say to me, like, Dad, like, she'll, something will come on her phone. She'll like, Dad, how do you know this song? And I'm like, this is when I was in ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you're stealing our music. <laughs> and it's ticking me off. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, so that is a good. You were. I was just gonna say, like, bringing it back to like kind of you know community and and kind of the the things in our culture that kind of like f- give tension to that. And I mean, again, like I think we've nothing wrong with youth sports in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with people traveling. There's nothing wrong. Those things are good things, but there has to. But we do have to real have to say, okay, what is that? There is a priority to the mm-hmm. local church, and how do we Agreed. how do we engage that priority? Um, you know, if, if you're traveling, you know, like one, one Sunday a month, well then maybe the priority is I need to be there the other three Sundays of the month, you know, Correct. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, go, you know, to, to brunch instead on one Sunday, you know, or whatever there has to be that kind of, okay, if I'm going to, if I, if I'm going to give this thing priority in my life, mm. you know, those types of things where I, I, I don't know that we necessarily do that now. And, and I'm, you know, I have to be there on Sunday morning right. because I'm the pastor, You're right? right. But, but I, you like sitting in your pajamas I, for that I, I, I few think, months. Did I, tell, did I tell you that? Like, <laughs> you told me. Yeah, I, like, you told me that. I was like, I kind of like this. I'm watching myself. I'm eating Doritos. <laughs> we, we had to we had to pre-record one of our services instead of live stream at one uh, ta- one time over the over the pandemic because yep. we would show up and like we had just a small like a small team that would do the service right. But there was a one or two Sundays we had to pre-record. 
And man, I was like sitting at home in my, my jammies with my coffee. <laughs> <Relaxed>. on my, <laughs> I was like, I can see why people like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm not like this in me saying this, I'm not saying to people like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm perfect. And I don't ever, but you, you know, are want. teaching your kids something though. If you are engaging all these other activities in your excluding faith community, yes. if you're yep. including, including the faith community saying it's still a priority, we're right. doing other things. And yes, we can have priorities in our might in our life that are actually conflicting. Sometimes that's life. Right. We well, I think you know, all the time. you know what else has changed along these lines and we can wrap it up but what's changed along these lines too is like there's so much more going on and the ease of travel is different mm -hmm. from when i started in ministry oh, so like sure. so much i'm like it, we're heading into this season how many harvest festivals can we have okay like there's gonna be <laughs> 40 of them I have one at my church Fall Fest September 24th at Christ Church of Grove Farm come check us out hey. 5 to 8pm hey that's the same night as ours see that's, that's what off, I mean man. see that's what I mean but how many community Fall Fest we have fireworks <laughs> and fire trucks <laughs> you know how many Fall Fest you know how many Fall Fest I can't compete we have a bounce house and yeah you know how many fall chili cook off you know how many Fall Festivals we had as kids growing up or even like starting out in ministry I don't think one, maybe somewhere it was like, go pick some apples in a field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was it. We didn't have fireworks and apples. We hadn't do said nothing. So I'm like, there's always a million things sure. yep. going on. And then the second thing is the, is the people, the ease of travel, like I'm on a girl's weekend in, you know, Vegas or I'm, our parents didn't do that. And my generation, we didn't, we didn't do that. I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I did. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. No. I still don't do it now. Do you guys have a boys weekend huh? scheduled? I need one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah it's just like, there's, there's always there's priorities something. and there's decisions to be made. Right. And uh, there's a lot of things that could distract you from making better choices. Right. And maybe Absolutely. that FOMO thing is real. You know, like yeah. everybody's yeah. afraid of missing out on like, Oh, I didn't get to go. How many five K's can we have? <laughs> You know, like in Pittsburgh, how many 5Ks can we have on a Sunday? I don't know, man. How like many of you run the show? We got the, oh, every, as many as I could. Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the, the Halaboo 5K. There's the Yinzer 5K. There's the I'm drunk and running 5K. I, I mean, like every, like everything is like a 5K. We've created a 5K for everything. 5K to run for kittens or, five, you know, like whatever. I mean, it's like, it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I, that's just a rant, but. I like 5Ks, but because that's about, about my distance I can actually run. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of fun to do that with people, but yeah. I'm going to start a 2K. <laughs> Just something a little less yeah. lower the bar a little bit. Yeah, like then the first one, and the first one, I'm gonna call it a Y2K. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> Actually, oh, but it won't man. tell you the letter Y. It'll be Y W H Y two K Y two K. Like, Let's why are we it. doing Let's this? Do Let's do it. Why are we here on a Sunday at seven in the morning? Literally, like, well, what are? Why are we here? <laughs> so you can get to church by the time the yeah. race is over. Right? Yeah. yeah. You could run yeah. pretty fast yeah. for 2K. Right? Yeah. It's just 2K. Right. Like we can do that. Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. Let's start a 2K. All right. Why 2K? Y 2K. Yeah. Why 2K? Like it. It's like you get there and it's over. <laughs> like you, like you literally, <laughs> like you, how long you been going? Oh, 10 minutes. All right. We're done. 
gets good warm up. Yeah, enjoy the band. As you, you know, there's not even a band on the way because it's not enough. Like you couldn't, or you couldn't have two bands because they'd be right. too close Just together. See. You couldn't. You did, the one would be playing over top of the other one. There's no reason to give anybody water along the way. Nothing. It's two K, dude. You're not gonna. De- you're not gonna dehydrate. Or no, anything. you're not gonna dehydrate. You're just two K. You can bring I the kids. Yeah. You can bring the kids. It's great. So great I did see this thing the other day called the Naked Mile. <laughs> well, see, now we knocked it down. <laughs> we all just went from 2K to now a mile. Knocked it down in many ways. And we're naked. <laughs> My wife said I was not allowed. <laughs> we'll call it the, instead of the Roman road, the Roman run. <laughs> This will be cut from the podcast. (laughs) That's good stuff. (laughs) This is going in the podcast for sure. Do you get my point? No, there's so many distractions out there. It's just non-stop. It's like, what are you doing this weekend? Like I'm doing running the 2K, and then next weekend I'm running the 8K, and then I'm running, and then I'm doing the Halibu, and and then I'm doing. Yeah, (laughs) it's like there is. There's so much vying for our attention, right? And I think. I do think that there is like, I don't want to come across, we don't want to come across as legalistic, right? Cause right. I mean, but at the same time, there is a sense of like, we, we really have to like take the time to step back and to be yeah. like, you know, yeah. Running a 5k. Great. Not a pro no, nothing wrong with awesome. running a 5k. Right. Awesome. Especially if it's the Yinzer one, right. you're eating like a Permani sandwich. Right. I mean, <laughs> but, but if that's what you're doing every Sunday morning, right instead of, you know, worshiping and fellowshipping and connecting with the people of God. Agreed. Then maybe there needs to be a reevaluation yeah. of, of, of priorities. priorities and commitments. It's honestly right? setting your priorities, speaking right. your priorities, and then trying to live by them. Right. And maybe, it's, just, it's and maybe, just, what, maybe just what this is exposed when there is so many other options is that people had not chosen that option in their heart before there were all these options. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Peter says, set apart Christ as Lord. All right. right. So set apart in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. So you start from that start point. That's not, not, not like a Y2K right. start point. Yep. <laughs> 2K. But that's your start point. So right. like if I've set apart Christ as Lord, no matter what comes along, whether it's youth sports, whether it's, you know, the 10,000 fall festivals or whatever, yep. it's like, it's like, I just have to make that decision. Like, you know, like you, you'll see people post on Facebook, like on a Sunday morning, Hey, we went to Sorgles with our kids and had a blast. I'm like, <laughs> you couldn't have done that at 1230, but you right. chose 11 o'clock or 1030 or it's just like you, you have to. And then that verse comes back is like set apart Christ as Lord, yep. you know, like in your heart, like, is that the first thing? Right. But getting people in this culture to do that. And maybe it was always like that. Maybe it was always like that. There just weren't a whole lot of other options. And it's so worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's so worth it. And I, I think we need to come back to that. It's not, it's not legalism. It's that this is the best choice right. to invest your life in, in your relationship with God and to give your life away to others. Like there's nothing more rich than that. It's, it's worth it's worth more than going to a fall festival or, you know, becoming a, an elite athlete. Um, it's worth more. It's worth it. And Absolutely. so the return on it is, is so much more um, beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. We can never imagine. So it's one of the things that we need to continually remind others about is that, Hey, this is worth it. Living life together in community, pursuing God together is worth it. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to end. Absolutely. Well, it was good to get back together with you guys. Not that we haven't seen each other or, or just been running around, but good to see you with headphones on and a microphone and uh, not a mask and you know, all that so stuff. Good. So, uh, Did you guys get COVID? Who, by the way, got it? Did you get it? I got, John it. got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. I'm the only one that didn't get it here. Really? really? Yes. Well, come over to my house. We'll, we'll, <laughs> just don't wash your hands, guys. Just don't <laughs> wash your hands. Germs are your friends. Remember that. <laughs> germs are your friends <laughs> well we will uh, hopefully be back very soon not 18 months later and uh we'll uh so be checking us on uh, apple podcast or on whatever podcast thing you use Podbean, google podcast whatever you use you can find us there post christian pastors that means we're out you guys out we done later later gator blessings my friends see ya bye <laughs>